Tripwire by Lee Child Chester Stone waited in his own office suite more than an hour, and then he called downstairs and had the finance director contact the bank and check on the operating account. It showed a $1.1 million credit, wired in 50 minutes ago from the Cayman office of a Bahamas-owned trust company. It's there, the finance guy said. You did the trick, chief. Stone gripped the phone and wondered exactly what trick he had done. I'm coming down, he said. I want to go over the figures. The figures are good, the finance guy said. Don't worry about it. I'm coming down anyway, Stone said. He rode the elevator two floors down and joined the finance guy in his plush inner office, entered the password and called up the secret spreadsheet. Then the finance guy took over and typed in the new balance available in the operating account. The software ran the calculation and came up exactly level, six weeks into the future. See? the guy said. Bingo! What about the interest payment? Stone asked. Eleven grand a week, six weeks? Kind of steep, isn't it? Can we pay it? The guy nodded confidently. Sure we can. We owe two suppliers 73 grand. We got it ready to go. If we lose the invoices, get them to resubmit, we free that cash up for a spell. He tapped the screen and indicated a provision against received invoices. 73 grand minus 11 a week for six weeks gives us seven grand to spare. <laughs> we should go out to dinner a couple times. Run it again, okay? Stone said. Double check. The guy gave him a look, but he ran it again. He took out the 1.1, ended up in the red, put it back in again, and ended up balanced. He canceled the provision against the invoices, subtracted 11000 every seven days, and ended the six-week period with an operating surplus of $7,000. Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance by Robert M. Piercig I can see by my watch, without taking my hand from the left grip of the cycle, that it's 8.30 in the morning. The wind, even at 60 miles an hour, is warm and humid. When it's this hot and muggy at 8.30... I'm wondering what it's going to be like in the afternoon. In the wind are pungent odors from the marshes by the road. We're in an area of the central plains, filled with thousands of duck-hunting sloughs, heading northwest from Minneapolis toward the Dakotas. This highway is an old concrete two-laner that hasn't had much traffic since a four-laner went in parallel to it several years ago. When we pass a marsh, the air suddenly becomes cooler. Then, when we're past... It suddenly warms up again. I'm happy to be riding back into this country. It's a kind of nowhere, famous for nothing at all, and has an appeal because of just that. Tensions disappear along old roads like this. We bump along the beat-up concrete between the cattails and stretches of meadow, and then more cattails and marsh grass. Here and there is a stretch of open water, and if you look closely, you can see wild ducks at the edge of the cattails. Coming Home by Mary Ann Jordan Did I appreciate this when I was a kid? <laughs> Did I even notice this when I was a kid? I sure as hell didn't when I was a teenager. Too busy, chomping at the bit to leave this place. Shaking his head, he could not help but smile at the brash young man he had been, desperate to leave this small town and see the world. Well, I saw some of it all right, he thought his mind drifting to the tours in Iraq and Afghanistan with the army. Front lines, the dust, the dirt, little sleep. Making new friends only to lose some, permanently. Shaking his head once more, he pushed those thoughts out of his mind. 
preferring to note the darker blues drifting across the sky as the night morphed into brilliance.